This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Bungard. With me today, Nick Campton. Hello. Uh, Hello. I might sound a little bit under the weather, but that's only because I've been diagnosed with an incurable case of finals fever. Mm. And also post America blues. It can be a deadly well, yeah, tandem. probably, probably, probably that too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, it's first week of the finals, best week of the year, best time of the year. Mm. Um, I'll take your word for even, it. Even if you, I was going to say, even if your team's not there, there's uh, things to enjoy. But that's probably a little bit hitting a little bit close to home. So I won't say that out of respect. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, it is it is what it is, mate. Uh, we'll get there. There's, there's other games to talk about, like the thriller at six o'clock earlier on Friday between Manly and the Tigers, where there was two make-a-wish tries. So, Yeah, that was um, that was really something because... They really took the piss out of them. They really did. It's like a make-a-wish try is normally like a once-in-a-season occurrence. Mm. Um, getting two in the same game is... In my eyes, exceptionally embarrassing in a season that has been exceptionally embarrassing for the Tigers. And know? two, two in the space of six minutes is somehow. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not. It's not what you want. It's not. not. What you want. Like, uh, I'll tell you. Instead of talking about this game, because like you know, Manly just put a thousand points on. DCE was really good again. Tolo Kola was great at fullback. The Tigers were awful, like they have been. Pretty much all season. Like, let's sort of pivot a little bit wider. Let's take a bit more of a bird's eye view. You know what I mean? So, like, mm. Manly this season, what have you What have you kind of made of them? What do you think of them? What are you feeling about them? Manly are a strange team. I feel like they have these patches within games, even in the games that they've lost, where they can play really good rugby league. I feel like it's bizarre that you can have Daly Cherry Evans, who is, you know, one of the best halfbacks of the NRL era and they're probably their second best player. It's bizarre that he can have, in my opinion, a career year, in my opinion, possibly his best year and they still miss the finals. But on the complete flip side of that, like we were completely drawing a line through this team 10 weeks ago when Tommy Tavoyevich got hurt in origin and they've ended up missing the finals by half a game. So sorry, one and a half games. So yeah, it, it, they're, they're a very strange team. Like they, they, they go hot and cold like few other teams do. And I'm, I mean, it, they, I guess they are about where they deserve to be. I think that there's still a lot of holes in that team. But you look at a few of the players they have that made it through the year, not just Cherry Owens, but guys like Cooler and and Alakwatu in patches. He went quite there in the middle, but I think he had both a very good start and end to the season. Um. And yeah, there's definitely some talent there. And I think that there'd be reasons for optimism if they were bringing in some signings that you could be excited about. But instead, they've signed Luke Brooks and given Josh Schuster a billion dollars, who's not in the first grade team. So I don't know yeah. how to feel about Manly, Nick. They're a very strange team to try and get a read on. Well, they're a strange team because their roster is constructed in a strange way. Like they've been a top heavy side, one of mm. the most top heavy sides in the NRL for a, a good while now, for a good four or five seasons. And when that sort of happens, when you have such a reliance on a on a core group of three or four guys, and you're kind of trusting them to to cover some of the gaps in the rest of your squad, like it's a it's a, it's a viable strategy, but it's also incredibly high risk because then you're just an injury or two away from things totally falling apart, you know. And if that's Tom Trebojevic or Jake Trebojevic or um, Daily Cherry Evans or, or whoever. And, you know, it just makes the margin for error in everything else that you do so thin. So if you do something like giving Josh just a billion dollars 
when you still don't seem a hundred percent sold or when he doesn't look to be a hundred percent solid option at, at, at five, eight, you know, it does kind of skew things around a little bit, but um, in a very strange season filled with very strange teams, Manly were, were, were definitely one of the strangest, you know, I, I, I feel like they underachieved and overachieved at the same time, mm. which, which I guess just means they achieved. At, at at an appropriate level for such an for such a weirdly constructed squad. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's that's probably about right. Uh, it's a team. It's tough to get optimistic about next year because again, their best player is 30, 35. How old is he? Cherry. Yeah. Well, he's only he's going to play for another ten years. That's so true. He'll never he'll never stop playing. Yeah, he'll never. Um, it, you know, it's the the biggest if in the sport at the moment is if Tom Tullovitz can stay fit. But if he stayed fit, they probably would have made the finals in the end. But, you know, he didn't and he never does. So that's a gigantic concern too. Yeah. Well, that's uh, it. Four, four of the last five years, he hasn't. Yeah. Stayed. The one time he did, they made a prelim. So. Yeah, again, but th- what about the other four years? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, huge question marks on them. The same question marks. I feel like it's the same old thing with them where we talk about how good their top couple of players are. They've got a couple of nice pieces elsewhere. And then the rest is kind of just pottering along. And yeah, they haven't done anything for next year that's going to make me think that they're going to improve. But I think that if they just stay on, stay healthy, they can be a team that makes makes it to the finals next year. Wests, God, oh, what do you say? What is, you... what is what is there left to say? Um, you you scored double figures, so good job. I think the only thing to say is thank Christ it's over. Yep, that's about right. Uh, thank God, Happy staying. <laughs> it's funny i was i was i had one of those facebook memories come up today mm. and today was a year to the day since that last round game against canberra last year where they got done by nearly the exact same scoreline mm. and it feels like for all the wheel spinning that they've done for all the players they've brought in for all the new faces they're kind of in the same spot mm. you know yeah. they get they, they're going to have a, there's a question mark over the coach, not because of how old he is, but because of how young and inexperienced he is. You know, there's a couple of nice pieces and a couple of good signings, but you've added them in and not really moved. You know what I mean? So just another, I guess it's just another year on the, on the endless rebuilding conveyor belt, you know, where West cover a lot of distance, but end up in a pretty similar kind of place. Yeah. I, I do. I, I know we're sort of taking more of a bird's eye view in this game, but like, I thought Isaiah Papali'i was really, really poor against Manly. And when you compare the way that he's played this year to the way that Api Corusau and even David Clemmer have played this season as the club's sort of three big recruits, and, and you can throw John Bateman in there as well, I feel like Papali'i has been the poorest of them by a fair, fair way. I think he's actually been worse than he was even at the Warriors before he went to Parramatta and sort of started to really fulfill his potential, you know? So... In terms of like the things that the that the Tigers themselves can control, I think getting a lot more out of Papali'i would be one of the priorities yep. for me. Absolutely if, agree. If I was in charge over there. Yeah, it's weird. He's already like he got asked the last. I don't know if you saw the press. Or you're still in America, but he got asked about like Parramatta and all that stuff, and he kind of gave some weird non-committal answers about like being at West long term and all this stuff. But it seems like his head has never really been in the club. If you get me, like from the moment like he signed with them, it seemed like he was not really happy to be there. And I guess it showed in his play a little bit this year. Yeah. Like I know missed tackles can be a funny stat sometimes, but a second row up missing 11 tackles. That is so many. Forwards can't miss that many. That's it, man. That's it. Like, well, you you just, you just need more from a player of his caliber. You know, you really do. So. And it's a shame with how good he was last year, but. Absolutely. 
Anyway, right. don't have to think about them for another six months. So that's all. Thank right. God. Uh, someone, someone, make a note for next February. Do not let me and Campo believe in the West Tigers. Don't let us do it. Don't let do us it. do it. And we'll come to you next yeah. February and we'll say, no, 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 no. But this time, this time we really need it. Benji's got the band back together. Benji's brought in even more guys from 05. Yeah. It's be great. Shane, Elford, Shane Elford's running the water. Daniel Paul Fittenry. Fattawiris, a part of Daniel, things. Yeah, Daniel Fitzhenry's in the mailroom. Like, yep. it's going to be great. And Good. we're going to trust you, the listeners. To tell us no. To be stronger than we can and yep. tell us no. Don't let That's us right. do it. Exactly right. All right. So after 22 rounds, the Roosters were one win ahead of the Bulldogs. And Souths were one win off third. One of those teams is playing finals football, and it's not Souths. Which one is it? It's the Roosters, who oh, wow. finished the season 5-0, and finished 13-11. and uh, And take that last final spot at the expense of their arch enemy in a game that, yeah, I think they deserve to win. Well, look, no one wants to, no one gives a shit what I think about this game. They want to hear what you think. So talk me through it, man. Talk me through the journey you went on, you went through on Friday night. It's kind of strange because um, I didn't think that the problems that had been there in the last few weeks were as obvious in this game. Like it felt like it was problems of a different nature. Like their issues against the Knights and the Sharks and even in those wins against like the Dragons and Tigers was, you know, the forwards not being good enough dropping the ball over and over again, uh, just ill-discipline, all that stuff. But in this game, it wasn't really that. Like, they had a couple of missed, like, really badly timed errors, but Talis Duncan with a couple of them near the goal line come to mind. But they still completed it at 80%. I thought their forwards actually played quite well for once. I thought they probably won the battle in the middle of the field, but it was their, it was everything else that fell to shit this time. So it was good for them to change it up. And, yeah, I, I thought their, their backs were horrible. I thought that without Latrell... Cody really struggled to get any sort of attacking support from anybody else. I thought that their their shape and their movements just looked so one-dimensional. Um, Campbell Graham looks like a shell of the guy that we were saying was the best center in the comp 12 weeks ago. And it's kind of summing up how bad the second half of the year has been that he's the guy that gets absolutely dusted by Billy Smith. Who the fuck's that? To, to score the game-winning try. And yeah, it, it, it's strange because, you know, there's a million things that you can point point the finger out of what went wrong. But the reality is that they did pretty well to get back into this game at 16-12. I think the Roosters made an error shortly after that and Souths were on the Souths were on the goal line to, to go ahead and win the try uh, win the score a try and take the lead. And you know, at that point the, the season's in your hands with 20 minutes to go and you blew it. Just like you've blown every other moment and every other game in the last three months where people have said that you're going to turn things around and that things are going to change and that things are going to go back to the way they were in the first half of the season. Once again, they wilted under pressure. Once again, they basically allowed the Roosters to do whatever they wanted on the edges. I thought Kiri in particular was fantastic. I thought that they had an absolute field day with poor Isaac Thompson there um, on that wing. And it's, yeah, you can say, oh yeah, the game was over when Blake Taft went off. And obviously losing a fullback doesn't help, but I don't know if the, downgrade from Blake Taft to Alex Johnston is particularly great either. Uh, and whilst I love Alex Johnston, like it wasn't on his, the wing he would have been on that they did most of their damage either. It was on the other side of the field, which was the edge that stayed intact the whole time. And they just kept attacking that side. And yeah, I, I don't understand why Campbell Graham can't tackle anymore, but he's not. <laughs> I, I That is honestly, of all the things that happened this year, one of the most puzzling. I don't understand why Kian Kalamatangi came back from an orange game where he played well and got worse. And I don't understand how Isaac Thompson was plucked out of nowhere. You and I were both like, Oh, remember him when he got picked last Tuesday 
to be thrust into the spotlight in this most important game when whatever your opinions are on either Tane Milne or young Tyrone Munro, I think either of them, obviously we've got hindsight now, but even at the time, either of them felt like a much more logical choice to play there. And the Roosters exploited all of that stuff. They exploited all of that stuff. And they they were good enough in defense when South put any amount of pressure on them. And then whenever they got the chance at the other end, they basically took it every single time. And yep, South have no one to blame but themselves. Yeah, Thompson getting picked. It, look, I appreciate Jason Dimitri wanting to have a live action version of and what about this guy? Mm. But perhaps this was not the time or the place, you know? Even though sitting around and naming old footy players is the finest thing a person can do. Look, as a neutral, um, I really enjoyed this game, even though the the you know, there's a lot of errors and the skill level probably wasn't where it could be. But to me it felt really tense throughout and I thought it was really physical throughout as well. Um, I thought that battle in the middle of the field really sort of ebbed and flowed through the 80 minutes. I thought both teams were on top at times, um, but I just felt like the Roosters were a little bit more consistent with their physicality. Mm-hmm. And I thought Brandon Smith and Lindsay Collins really led the way with that, especially defensively. I think it's one of the best defensive games that Brandon Smith has ever played. Like we always talk about him running the ball and that, and he's really good at that, but I thought he had just as much on the other side of the ball today. And he hasn't always had that this year. So that was a, that was good to see from him. I thought Cam Murray like tried absolutely everything he could to sort of get some, to get some stuff going for, for Souths. But, and, and I felt like Souths probably played with a lot more effort than they have in, in the last few weeks. But yeah. I also felt like they, they, to me, it seemed like they weren't always all pulling in the same direction. Yeah, it felt their like attackers a whole... looked disjointed for months. Yeah, yeah, it felt like it was a whole lot of individuals who were all. It looks really like some of these hard. guys have never played together. Yeah, but they sort of but... struggled to connect together, and given the, given how much that so many of these blokes have played together, that was that was quite surprising to me. Mm-hmm. But I guess the biggest thing with South Sydney is their proof that it's very very hard to just flick a switch, mm. you know, and that's kind of to me has kind of been the the the, the watchword for them through this second half of the season, it was always like, okay, well, when we get this guy back, when we get this guy back, things are just going to be okay. Things will work out because that guy's going to be there. And I just don't know if they went through the process they had to get through for that to actually happen. Mm. If you know what I'm saying, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I thought, I thought Sam Walker played with a, a whole lot more control. I think that stint in reserve grade has, w- will in the long run be really, really good for him. Even though his only spec, like really spectacular player of the night was that little grubbery put in and that he, that he scooped up again, but mm. I, I just thought he played with a whole lot more control. I think you're right about Kiri. I think Kiri low key has had a, a better season than, than people might think. I think he's, he's worn the brunt of the Roosters attacking troubles at times, but when he has managed to find his groove and play his game, I think he's been, I think he's been reasonably effective. And I really want to give a shout out to Terrell May, who I swear to God, when I left for America, he was like a, you know, just sort of a plodding middle forward. And I swear to Christ, he's grown about a foot and a was, half. Was he the one that made the try on, on Cam Murray when it was 16-12? Was that him? Uh, it might have It might have been. I, okay. I don't have that. Because I the other end of the field, they, didn't show, they only showed that one replay. So they got, but there was when Cam Murray almost was about to go blind to get South the lead, I think it was him that made a really good try saving. Yeah, he was, he, he was super. And he, he really had to be as well. Because like I said, like Souths were very strong in the middle. And I thought... For the most part, they matched the Roosters uh, physically, but it was guys like May and Collins and Smith who mm-hmm. were able to to turn that tide a little bit. I, 
not a sparkling performance from the Roosters, but it was nice to see them sort of see them play with that intensity and that desire, you mm-hmm. know, because I think that's something that's been missing for them a little bit this year, but they seem to have found it at, at, at just the right time, you know, and it's just nice to see something work out for those plucky underdog Roosters. Yeah, one play that I made a mental note of at the time because I really feel like maybe not the game hinged on it, but it was just a really good example of South's poor discipline and the way that they've approached their footy in the last few weeks was just after half time when it was still 10 6. Uh, I don't I remember who put the kick in. It was either, it doesn't matter, but it was a very well placed kick. Um, they're going to force a set restart. I think it was Suwali that caught it just behind the post. I don't think it was Tedesco for some reason, but someone caught, someone went for a catch. They were going to be tackled in goal, but Isaiah Tars couldn't wait. And he tackled him in the air for absolutely no reason. And what would have been a, a dropout became a penalty. And the Roosters scored that set. And that all comes from just not being able to wait half a second for the guy's feet to land on the ground. And he would have been, he would, he jumped from the field of play. He would have landed two metres behind the try line. It would have been very easy just to wait and tackle him. But just another very sloppy, very lazy error that swung the game massively in the Roosters' favour. And I think at that point, South really pushing shit up a hill and even at 16 12 they really only had that one set where i think it was cook stuffed up at dummy half straight after that billy smith era and then yeah i believe again the roosters went down the other end and scored pretty soon after that so yeah there's just been three months now of just fucking around and just doing stupid shit being lazy being ill-disciplined missing tackles not defending not defending well enough and yeah, I'll be really interested to see what what changes next year. Because well, what what do you want to change? Because like we'll talk more about the Roosters later in the week. Like we'll we'll talk about them a lot more on the Friday show. But mm. this is the last chance we'll have to talk about Souths for a while. Thank God. So, what do you, what do you want them to do differently over this uh, offseason to sort of fix some of the issues that have been here over the last couple well, of months? Well, because well, I think, given that they they are, I I hope I phrased this right, but. They've broken the record for the yes. team who was first latest in the year to miss the finals. The only time in if people missed this stat earlier week from our friend Scott Bailey, uh, they Souths are now the only team ever to be leading the NRL after ten rounds and not make the finals. Yeah, so this is a this is an all time collapse. All right? time. So I don't like. Do you, do you want drastic changes? Do you think it's just small changes? No. Like what do you, what do you think needs to happen? Well, I think the the biggest thing is Latrell Mitchell's conditioning and his attitude. I think that he's their best player and he didn't play in this game and probably would have made a difference. I don't know. It doesn't, who cares? But these are the kind of games where he really lives for. I mean, he was their best player when they beat the Roosters in this corresponding game last year. I know that was technically a finals game and this one wasn't, but, you know, it's the same game. Um, and, you know, whether he was in the team or not, even when he was in the team, there was weeks where his application wasn't good enough. His fitness has not been good enough at all since he got to Souths, really. And I think that's shown with the amount of footy he's missed. He's missed a third of the games that Souths have played since he signed for them, compared with something like 6% when he was at the Roosters. So I think that's the biggest issue more than anything else. I love Latrell Mitchell. I still believe in Latrell Mitchell, but he he needs to... I would really just love an off-season if he just buckled down and lost like 10 kilos or something. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think that would be... Maybe maybe means the finals is a wake-up call to him that you can't just, you know waltz in and just be the best player well you can you can do that sometimes if you're him but maybe you could actually be the most dominant player in the competition every week if you if you tried a bit harder and you cared a bit more and on top of that mate i don't know what they're going to do in the halves i really don't like the wheel has finally turned on Ilias to the point where you don't even get like the fucking losers on face the get behind the team don't bag the boys like fucking comments on facebook anymore every comment i saw after this game was 
We need a halfback. Why did we never try Blake Taft here? Get rid of this guy. To the point where now, like, I'm genuinely, I don't even know if worried is the right word, but I'm genuinely uh, expect, well, not expecting, but generally considering the possibility of a Walker White and Harbs combination to start next season. And honestly, mate, give it to me. Give it to me oh, over. You, I would prefer that you, to this. You have no idea what you're signing up for. Yeah, it doesn't matter because, you know, like Jack Whiten's good or he's bad. Ilias is just bad. He, there's not a single thing that he does. And he did it again in this fucking game, man. Like, uh, you remember two weeks ago in the Knights where South actually started that game really well. They, they they started really well in the middle. They I think their first day set, they ended up about 30 metres out from the Newcastle line and he got the kick wrong. He put a bomb up, went a bit too deep. Uh, I think Marju can't calmly, comfortably marked it in goal, seven tackle set. Knights got a penalty off the end of that seven tackle set, scored a try in the corner. He did it again in this game. First time they get basically in and around the Roosters 40-30 area, puts up a bomb, gets it too deep. Junior Pagger comfortably catches it in the end goal under no pressure. Roosters get a seven tackle set. If you can't learn, but that's the worry that's the most worrying thing, dude. You can make mistakes. But if you do the exact same things wrong, in multiple games, you're not learning from your mistakes. You're not improving. And the guy hasn't improved in year two. And again, people, people, it, 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 there's this weird discourse around players, but Ilias in particular, people, oh, you're just being salty. Or like, oh, you're just bagging him because you love Adam Reynolds. Are you an idiot? Like, I want this guy to be, the, like, it, you think I'd be sad if this guy was Andrew Johns? I'd be fucking delighted. I'd be stoked if this guy was better than Adam Reynolds. I'd be stoked if he was a dominant number seven. But he's not. And we've now got two full years of this. And his best day is a six or a seven out of 10. And those, even those best days are few and far between. I can count on one hand, the number of games where I've come out of them and gone, geez, Ilias played well. And I can count the number of games on zero hands where I've gone, geez, Ilias was the best player on the field. And so I don't know if dropping him's the answer, but they have to bring someone in to at least create some competition. But the, the fact that he's had no pressure on that job since he got it, he's not good enough to be, he's not good enough to have that level of tenure. That's, that's one of the other problems. There's been no, t- there's been no one breathing down his neck. There's been no sense of like, oh, Dean Hawkins might come in or Blake Taft might come in. Why didn't South go after Aiden Caesar? Why didn't South kick the ties on someone else in Super League? I don't bloody know. Jamal Fogarty wants to test the open market. Give him the call. Who the hell knows? It doesn't matter. But at this point, I just don't think they can run it back with the same spine again. Cody and Cookie, a year older and a halfback who now through two years has not shown me any signs that he's capable of being a premiership winning halfback, which is what they need him to be. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting contrast between Ilias and Sam Walker um, because I think, you know, even the biggest Lachlan Ilias fan would say that Sam Walker's got a whole lot more natural ability, but I think it's telling that the Roosters were prepared to drop Sam Walker and have him spend some time in reserve grade working on his craft and all of that. And, you know, nearly every single young half gets dropped to Reggie's at some point in their career. And I wonder if Lachlan Ilias would have really benefited from that at some point over the last couple of years, like, not reserve grade forever, but you know, for a month or six weeks and you get to sort of work on your craft in a less high pressure environment, you know, and throw Blake Toff or footy Dean or someone like in there for a couple of weeks, you know, just because someone goes down doesn't mean they can't come back up again. Um, right. And I, I appreciate, I can appreciate why Souths didn't do that because they wanted to show confidence in him and they wanted to sort of give him that, give him that confidence. But um yeah, I, I I wonder if that in the long run has sort of maybe maybe stunted him a, 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 a little bit. You know, I, I think it is important that they bring in at least some competition for that spot. They have to, mate. Well, I'm not sure. I, I, I would, and I would probably look for someone who's a, a bit a bit experienced to sort of fill that role. So, like, um, I know Penrith is sniffing around Brad Schneider at the minute. Who's he's over at Hull KR. I'd, at the I'd like, be fine with that. 
Well, I think he'd be a, he'd be a really nice fit for them, you know. Um, and the thing is, if Schneider's your starter next year and Ilias is in reserve grade, Schneider's probably not too good to he he's not too good to not be dropped. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If Ilias is doing great in reserve grade and you think he's a different player, well, then you can bring him back in. You know, so. I don't know. I, I I think that from a roster standpoint, that's probably their biggest concern. Um, but yeah, I I think it, I think it's the the biggest thing for Souths is is more going to be uh, mentally uh, uh, across the entire squad. I think Jason Demetriou is a, a a really good coach and a really smart footballing man. Um, but I I also think that there were times this year where it was a bit of a reminder that no, this is this is just his second year in the NRL and coaches are like players, you know, like they, they like everybody needs experience in at the, at the job they're doing, you know? So if I was a South Sydney fan, I would hope that everybody from the, from the coach downwards sort of takes a lot of lessons from this year and, 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 and brings in a couple of changes to sort of make sure something like that doesn't happen again, because going from premiership favorites to ninth spot is, mm. oh, man, that's a drop. That's a draw. Yeah, I will say, like, like I've had a lot of people asking, are, are you, like, I had, like, honestly, after the game, probably 30-something messages from people being like, are you all right? Like, everything's, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's weird. It's weird how this happens, mate. Like, I'm surprisingly much more tranquil after, like, losses like this than I am, than I am after, like, the Ravens fucking it up in week five against the Jaguars or, like, South losing to the Bulldogs. Like, I kind of just accepted it immediately, like to the point where, like, when Sam Walker scored that try, me and Pop just looked at each other and laughed because it's like, well, what can you do? Like, we both kind of just accepted at that point that the season was over, and hey, it's just a game at the end of the day. Um, oh no, you can't hit and, me with it's just a game. Mate, if it was just a, if it was just a game, we wouldn't be doing this show. That's Come not on. true. It's not just a game. No, it is. At the end of the day, um, it's not worth getting upset about. Is my advice to people because I always get you can get upset in the moment, but don't let it ruin your day or your week or anything. Is what I'm saying. Okay. okay. You've never followed that advice. So I no, well, I just, I just, I, I don't think you follow that advice, man. You well, know, I appreciate that you're at Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Um, but I don't, I don't know. The, it's just a game thing. I don't know. I think it's much more. I think it's much more. Are you going to tell me that what happened on Friday night is different? I think it's, I think it's much more than a game to us. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Obviously, it's, it's a quite a, wide sweeping statement but my point is that like yes it doesn't really matter at the end of the day like you just have to accept it and move on okay and let's move on to the dolphins and the warriors see that's a segue baby i'm good at them now mm. yeah All right, maybe i'm not sure uh yeah dolphins 34 warriors 10 uh what do you want from me the warriors rested half their team yeah, I know. Nice, a nice finish for the Dolphins in their in their first season, and a a pretty uh, a pretty fun last round match of football. I reckon just open and breezy, some cool tries. No one getting too bent out of shape or anything. Everyone just having a good time up there at Suncorp Stadium. I like Maxi Plath from the Dolphins. I think he's going to be a player of the future. Asako wrapping up top try scorer. That's good, good stuff. I I don't know if there's much more we can say about the Dolphins that we didn't say in the in the in the preview for this game, where they've pro- like I know they've only won the eight games or the nine games, but I think they they'd certainly exceeded my expectations by a fair fair way, and mm. you know, and that they've, they've that I think there's there's enough there that they can view this season as as a I think as a strong achievement as like a yeah. a, a, a very capable first season like won some good games like that first one against the roosters to me, that's still, that's going to be right at the forefront of my mind. Whenever I think about anything from this season, you know, and then the record comeback against 
the Titans as well. And like some good signings coming in next year. You know, I think it's that the Dolphins are in a really, really good place, a much better place than I thought they'd be before the season started. I saw a really interesting stat the other day though. Apparently this is the fewest wins any Wayne Bennett team has ever had. Uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. No, but like even that, even that last Newcastle team. Yeah, I guess, but like yeah. it, they didn't win that many games, dude. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I just I, I, maybe that's just a measure of how impressed I've been by the level of success that they have had this year. But uh, yeah, that 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 was a that was a surprising one to me. I think I read it in the Herald somewhere. So apologies if I stole your stat and didn't give you appropriate credit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, how many times that that Knights win? I assume like one more or two more or something like nine or ten. I think one more. Okay, well, that I guess that makes sense. But yeah, I mean, good on them. Good first season. Warriors will talk about more on Friday because yeah, no Sean Johnson, no Fenua Blake, but a couple other guys out as well. But what, yeah, come on, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I don't know. Ed Cossey sighting. That was fun. Good for you, Ed. Nice. Love you, Eddie. Fast yeah. Eddie Cossey. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, the next game again, like the Cowboys. I mean, at least there was one team with their season line that looked worse than South. So there is that. <laughs> Man, terrible. They just didn't look up for this at all. Um, game was out of sight by halftime. Um, Penrith looked really good. I mean, once I think once you're a Raiders fan, once once they once you saw the Penrith final lineup, you knew you're in the finals, right? I I definitely I definitely felt good about it. Um, mm. it was it was I tell you, Todd Payton really went after the Cowboys in his post match presser. Like he pretty much said that Luciano Lelu was the only player who sort of stood up and and showed a bit of physicality. And I think he was right. I think he was right to go after them in 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 such a way because they they really did have so much to play for, and they had everybody there except Val Holmes and and Jeremiah Nano, and they just got they just got absolutely like beat around the park. Like the first step to to even being competitive with Penrith is you have to match their physicality. Like you, no one's going to bash Penrith up. No one's going to knock them around, but you have to stand there and and be willing to take a few punches to land a couple of your own and the cows just weren't, you know, and I understand what they were looking for in starting Jason Tamalolo from the bench. Like they wanted to sort of have him come on after that opening 20 and bring a bit of impact. But, you know, I, I really think that's the wrong reign against Penrith. You have to come out hard and fast because they're so good at just blowing teams away in that opening 20 mm. with their physicality and with their intensity. You know, I think not a hundred percent on this because I had to watch this one mainly on my phone, but I'm pretty sure they'd already got a couple of scores in by the time Tamalolo came on, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden you're fucking sledding uphill and, and then there's nothing really to be done because Penrith will just turn the screws and turn the screws they did, you know, and it kind of is a good microcosm for the Cowboys whole season. Where they're they have a fascinating it, team. They have everything they need. It doesn't but, make any sense that they're this bad. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. They, they're not like at least like Souths had injuries and origin t- tearing their team. I know the Cowboys had a lot of origin players too, but, like they didn't have any guys really with long term injuries. They've been relatively full strength, bar a couple of suspensions for the most part. Yeah. And like, but like, like they got a big boost from Origin. All that they were yeah. playing like shit, and all their guys went into Origin, and all of a sudden, like it was, oh shit, actually we're awesome, guys. Remember yep. how good we can all be? Mm. And 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 they were on the run, and they looked like they were gonna really make some noise. Like you were right when you said, oh, I can't remember when it was a couple of months ago now, but you sort of said like, yeah, they're a team that could make the bottom half of the eight and do some damage. I think I said they'd make the top four, but well, bro, they should have, they mm. should have, even with the awful start to the season they had, like the, the, the talent at their disposal. Uh, this is, this is a, a very, very disappointing result to me, at least. Um, well, this is a team that was a try away from a grand final last year. And they're yeah. out here, you know, 
just getting absolutely blown off the park. Yeah. So, and they've had what one win in the last five weeks. So, total, totally bizarre. Can't get a read on them. Yeah. Abs- very, very strange. Yeah. Um, Penrith, I thought this was one of Stephen Crichton's best games for the year. Thought in attack and defense, he was just making a lot of really, really good decisions. And I think him and along uh, along with Brian Toton, Sanuya, Taruva really, really helped lead the way. Taruva's someone who we've probably not talked enough about this season, but he's somebody who should absolutely be in rookie of the year contention. I think he he's in the top 10 for meters gained and so is Toton, so is Edwards. So like Penrith have just, again, not missed a step in terms of the yardage they're getting from their back three and so much of what they do flows from that. And Taruva's had a big job and he's done it really, really well. I And it, there's something that we didn't identify in the lead up that we probably should have talked about a little bit more is remember when the Cowboys beat the Panthers during origin and Scott Drinkwater scored that mad try. Mm. And as he's running into score it, he sort of points at Dylan Edwards and laughs at him. Like that's like red rag to a bull for these, for these crazy. Yeah, not classes. laughing now. Well, that's it. Like when Crichton scored that first try, guess what? Guess what he did when he scored? He was pointing at Scott Drinkwater and laughing about it. So, yeah, man. Like Penrith are angry enough at the best of times. <laughs> you don't want to light their fuse, bro. A very silly thing to do. Yeah, Never you don't want to light their fuse at all. But just desperate it'll, it'll for always scraps blow to up get mad you. about. Desperate. Hey? They're always desperate to get scraps to get mad about. That's a, that's exactly right, man. Anything they can feed on. Uh yeah. Terrible from the Cowboys, just just really bad. But yeah, Penrith are quite good, aren't they? If you, yeah, you they like are pretty good. Oh, like, uh, well, yeah, I, I, I guess if yeah, that's what gets you going. Support a competent and well-run rugby league club. Couldn't be me. Nope. Uh, Dragons twelve, Knights thirty-two. Uh, Dominic Young. Can we? It's it's not fair that he's going to the Roosters. I know. Can we get some? Can we call the police? Maybe. Probably too late. Probably it's got to. It's got to be. Got to be against the law, though. It's not fair. It's not right. They've got so many good backs already. It's, man, Dom Young, so always someone, like his athleticism always always stood out, even when he was in playing first grade a little bit before his time. But when he even when he first got to the Knights and he was just playing a little bit of reserve grade here and there, and like he was talented, but he was raw and he'd make a lot of mistakes and all that sort of thing. But he always had a real knack for the for the spectacular. Like once every game, he'd do something that would just make you sort of lean forward in your seat and go, oh man, like this Dom Young, maybe he's got something. And now he's just got rid of the errors and he's just the largest, fastest boy, but he can also just finish like a fucking sniper. That's mm. crazy. That I think it was, I think it was that, first, that second one where he's like that, like that's, that's one of the best one. That's one of the best corner finishes ever. And I feel like we see so many good corner finishes these days that we've become a little bit numb to them. Like there's ones that 15 years ago would have been, like had had Vossi screaming his head off, and now they're a little bit perfunctory. But so that one, we'll never, we might not ever see one like that again. It's as good, it's as good a one as I've ever seen. It's as good as Kyle Felt's best ever. You know, just absolutely fantastic. But my favorite finish of the evening was Jacob Safidi plunging over to give me the lead in front row Friday. I'm taking it back. Congratulations, thanks, brother. Yep, running up that, running up that, running up that score once again. By the way, like nine out of thirty-eight or whatever, nine out of forty or something. We're fucking. Better than better than the gold standard. Like I'm telling you, boys, the more back you're going to send backing back. out two picks anytime. Be be raking it in. Quit your job. Your full time. Get your account blocked for winning too much money. <laughs> Quit your job and become a full time patron of the show. Wouldn't that? that be yes, please do that. A wealthy. I wouldn't know where the benefactors. Are we the benefactors? Ah, uh, possibly. No, we're the beneficiaries. Ah, uh, of course. Words are tough. Well, mate, words are, words are very difficult. Mm. Um, yeah, look, because the Knights were resting so many people, again, it's 
not it's not it's not easy to take stuff away from this game. But I did think it was quite telling how well Tyson Gamble played and the control that he sort of played with. I know he had that try, that chip and chase try taken off him, but I felt like he just had a, a really, really good command of of how this team was attacking. You know, I think that bodes really, really well for the big finals games the Knights have got coming up. They had to work to win this to win this one, but they didn't have to work too hard. You know, the the perfect sort of uh perfect sort of warm up for the for the finals this week where the Raiders will be going up there. The there's gonna be four I think there's gonna be four hundred thousand people at the stadium. Mm, that and makes sense. uh yeah, it's not looking good for my guys. Could be funny though. Well, I don't know. Is losing by sixty funny? No, but like, like it'd be very funny if like you won, for example. And given like what a stupid and confusing team you are, it wouldn't shock me. Oh yeah, but like saying it would be funny if Canberra won is saying like yeah, it would be a good thing if I won the lottery. You know, like it's mm. we can it's we can we can sit here and idly speculate yeah. all day. And by God, we will. Uh, Titans thirty four, Bulldogs thirty. Do we have an update to Declan Campton's jersey gate? Uh he flipped the script. Didn't end up buying the the fellas jersey. Went with a retro jersey instead. Wow! So now he's got to buy a retro Liverpool jersey. He has, he has purchased the jersey. My, my sources on the ground have told me that he has been seen at the Liverpool FC club shop, and the jersey has been purchased. He's actually, I think, he's heading up to the ground and just. He a literally of hours. just messaged me. Has he got a wire into this show? He might do. He literally just messaged me. Said about to go to Anfield. There you go, brother. Spooky. My my, my sources are impeccable. That's that's remarkable timing from the pup stuff. Oh, yeah, Kira Foran. Do you still have to get the tattoo? Because he did get a hat trick. We didn't specify on that day. Oh, that's true. We didn't. We, prob- we probably did. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but, yeah, three uh, three very soft tries for for Kieran Foran. I, I don't know, man. Like, this game, everything that's sort of been disappointing about these two teams this season sort of reared its head in again. Like, the Titans can play some beautiful attacking footy. And they've... They've got way too much talent in their roster to finish as low as they did on the ladder, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. And they had one eye next year for a while, I think. Yeah, I know, but like it shouldn't have been that way. Like, well, I don't think it's been well coached, maybe ever, to be fair. Well, that's true. That's true. Like, I'm very keen to see what Hasler can do. I'm not being funny. Like, Hasler is going to be by distance their best ever coach. Well, I think, I think apart from Neil Henry, um, they've never actually had a coach who's had first grade experience in Australia before. Yeah. Like John Cartwright was a rookie coach. Yep. Garth Brennan was a rookie coach. I know Justin Holbrook had coached a lot in, in the super league, but he never coached in the NRL and Jim Lenahan, a good rugby league man. Great rugby league man. Um, he hadn't coached at the top level either. So if, if, if there is a coach who can sort of get the most out of what is a more talented squad than they've shown this season, it's maybe someone like Hasler. And then Canterbury just, they scored some nice tries and and that was nice for them, I thought. I like the Titans jersey, speaking of jerseys. Well, man, it's been hard for them to find a, a good jersey over the years. That's They've true. had some shockers. They've had traditionally been very ugly jerseys, but maybe I just love seeing Kieran Foran in full flight. Maybe that's why I'm thinking that they look pretty good. That'll bring the punters back to the coast. How'd Canterbury let him go? How indeed. Yeah, uh, Jake Avrilo, not great. Looks like he's hurt, so that's not good. Yeah, that would that would really suck because he's one of the few Bulldogs who who has actually improved this season from last season, and he's heading to probably greener pastures up at Redcliffe, and it would be a real shame to see him get off to to such a tough start um, up to life as a Dolphin. But uh, them's the breaks, son. Josh Carr's still really good. 
Still love him in full flight, man. Can still score there's a few, sick try. There's few like him. But yeah, I'm really excited. I honestly am so excited to see the Titans next year with like actual coaching and stuff because they've got so many good players, man. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. Be good to see. Be good to see. You know what was um, not good to see? What? The Raiders against the Sharks today. Yep. Yeah, I'm the Segway good. King, bro. I'm all fire. I'm just letting you go. You're a new man. You just let me cook. You went to the cave of Segways in Pennsylvania and you've worked out how to do them. I did. I did. I started studied with Segway Masters on the wide Missouri plane and, yeah. and look at me now. How are you in the final? I don't know, man. Oh, it's it's honestly like Coleman must be earlier today. It's like Souths are Frank Grimes and Canberra are Homer Simpson. And I yeah, and that's spot on. Like just perpetually baffled us to like how this bumbling oaf has all this stuff that we don't have, like a finals appearance and 13 wins. Wow, but, you've, you've never been to the finals? Not this year. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you're awful. You're so bad. And yet, oh, yeah. yeah. I don't get it. You, if, you you won, know, if you won next week, it wouldn't surprise me. Man, you got to throw away your compass on this one. It you doesn't really work do. out here. Yeah, look, this was, again, an, an extremely frustrating match. I think it was actually quite similar to the, to the Broncos game where, for 60 odd minutes, Canberra were really up for it and really in the fight. Um, I still thought that the team selections were, were pretty baffling. I thought Jack White was, was pretty strong at center, but I I don't know what they're looking for with, with Matt Frawley at five, eight, you know, I don't know what they were looking for with Seb Chris on the wing. And even though he was, he was pretty good until he got uh, done by that wicked bounce. I thought Jordan Rapano was pretty good at fullback, but like, I just feel like with those selections that they're just not putting the team in the position to succeed. You know, and it feels like feels like so much of what Canberra does from the top down with the team selections all the way down to the decisions the players make on the field are almost they like they almost are undermining their own talent mm. at every single opportunity. You so know? you're you're saying that like basically Ricky Stewart is Seb Chris and the position he's putting the Raiders in is Sione Katoa. <laughs> It's, it's, I've, I've heard I've heard less apt metaphors. I've never but... seen a dumber two minutes of rugby league in my entire life than Jack White makes a line break for Canberra. And 90 seconds later, Canberra have had a player sent off no, and no, no, Cronulla no, no, no. have scored. You, you, forgot, you forgot about the making the break and then having four forward hit-ups. Oh, sorry, yes, up the middle of, of the field. Either that's way. A, that's a crucial part. Of this, like, of this experiment in rugby there's league. There's less than two minutes. Less than on. two minutes between Jack White and making a line break and Braden Trindle scoring against a 12-man Canberra team. It's yep. remarkable. Yep. Absolutely Didn't remarkable. Didn't love it. But yeah, uh, so any, anyway, so I was quite surprised by the first half of this one because I thought Cronulla would have come in and, and wanted to play really, really expansive because I feel like that's the place where they could really... Well, they also kept Canberra. dropping the ball. Well, yeah, that was it too. Um and Canberra themselves played extremely, extremely conservative. I, I don't think they really went for a spread nearly mm. that entire first half. It was all very tough, very tight sort of football. And then in the second half, you could feel Canberra starting to just get a little bit loose. You know what it was like? It was like when you leave a starting pitcher out there for just an inning or two too long. And his stuff starts to get just a little Third bit. Third time funny. through the order. It's not the same. Yeah, it, it, it's it's really not. It's really not. And, you know, uh, Cronulla was sort of starting to get on top just a little bit more. I felt like uh, their back five really started to to throw themselves into the yardage game. Um, Jesse Ramian and, and Ronaldo Molotalo in particular, I thought Ramian was, was fantastic in this game. And that sort of led to the Jack Williams try. And then 
Canberra has that inexplicable 90 seconds. And then after that, it sort of feels like the game's gone, you know? And it's, it's, it's crazy that it's almost like a different thing every week for Canberra in the way that they sort of shoot themselves in the foot, you know, of, of the 17 Canberra players. And there are some guys in that team who are absolute, like, you know, some absolute bone chillers, bro. Like Seb Chris is the last one I would expect to get sent off for a vicious spear tackle. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't even know what he was trying to do by picking Katoa up like that, you know? And like, of course it's a very clear send off. Chris won't play next week. He's got to have a sit down for that. It's, but it's just crazy because it's, it's so out of character, but something like that must happen every week to the Raiders. It has been ordained by God that uh, they must punish themselves. Are you going to go to Newcastle? You know? Yeah, I am. You have to do it. I am. Well, I have to do it. Like, yeah, you got to do it, man. You can't just support. You the can't team. just miss your team <laughs> in the finals, team. especially a finals game when you're capable of going. Like, you got yeah. to. Only uh, so, yeah. And th- there were th- other things Canberra could have done better. I felt like they left their bench middles out there for just a little bit too long. Um, probably typified by by Emre Gula getting a little too, a little bit too much time. Uh, but that was probably always going to happen with Corey Horsburgh out and Josh Papali'i out. Um, but you know, Canberra's in the finals somehow, yeah. some way. It's interesting. I've I've been talking a lot to a lot of um really smart Raiders fans, people whose opinions I respect enormously. And one thing that I have heard a fair few times is a few of them have said that they wish we didn't make the finals because that this just papers over some of the cracks. And I can I can understand. I get where the argument, but from. I always want to make the finals. That's yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. I can understand where they're coming from, but one, I don't think missing the finals would have changed anything, and two. I just, I can't bring myself to not want my team to make the finals, even if it's scraping in in eighth and going up to Newcastle and getting beaten by 200 points next week, Mm. which is almost certainly what's going to happen, you know? But anyway, enough about Canberra. Cronulla. Let's talk about, let's talk about the Sharks. I, I said, I was surprised that they played so sort of tight in that first half, but I actually think it's a, it's probably a step. It's probably an indication of how they kind of have improved in that regard. You know, they just sort of, stayed in the game and stayed on the grind and trusted that Canberra would break before Mm. they did. And then that's exactly what ended up happening. And then the points flowed like a river for a little while and Cronulla ended up coming out of this with a very sort of uh, workman-like victory. And I don't think you could say that many of their wins over the last two seasons have been workman-like, you know? So I think that's, I think that's a really positive development for them. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think that they, they hung in there. They were very physical. They were, they were very game towards the end of the first half when I especially thought Canberra were getting on top. Um, 7-4 would have been a very funny halftime scoreline, by the way. If it was but, 7-4, uh, Canberra would have won. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Um, Guaranteed. But I thought they did really well to sort of not concede more than that one try in a, in a half where, yeah, Canberra played quite well and, and Cronulla couldn't get out of their own way, really. But yeah, I think... Yeah, and once again, I think you're right, mate. Like, the game really did hang in the balance for that first hour, but I think they, they smelt blood after that send-off. And... Credit to them. You've still, it's one thing to smell blood, but as we know, Canberra are dangerous when they've only got 12 on the field and you've still got to go on with it and take care of business and take care of business. They sure did. And their reward now is a home final. This is a great achievement for a team that a few weeks ago, we thought might not make it to September at all. So yeah, they've, 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 they've steadied, they've steadied really nicely. I really want to wrap um, Nico Hines. I was surprised to look at the stats after the game and see he had four, see he had four tries because I didn't think he was, sort of dominant in an attacking sense, but I actually thought his game management was the real strength in this one. And a lot of the time when we talk about game management, people think it's just kicking over the sideline a lot. No, but, but you actually do the calm down motion. Oh yeah. Yeah. Over the yeah calm, calm down boys. Calm down. But I, to me, game management is 
ensuring that the team needs to go needs the team goes around the field where it needs to go the way it needs to go and making sure that when you are kicking the ball you're just turning it over in places that are uncomfortable for the opposition and something Hines did really really well in this one was when he was kicking he was just putting the ball in that corridor of uncertainty you know what I mean just like putting the ball in a place where it would be difficult and uncomfortable for Canberra to clean it up. And he did it about three or four times through the game. And then it pays off with one, like for that Trindle try, you know, where it just takes it, it just takes a wrong turn because eventually if you, if you put enough difficult kicks in that are difficult to field, you'll get a result from one of them. And he just had the patience to keep going with that sort of thing. I thought it was a, a very mature performance from Hines. Actually one, one, one of the most impressive games I think he's played in first grade. Yeah, no arguments. He was really good. I'm really happy for him. He's a guy that I think the origin stuff really did take a lot out of him. More, I think probably more mentally than physically. But And it showed with his form in the middle. I don't think he was playing particularly well. It's no coincidence that was kind of the time of the year where we started getting a bit worried about whether the Sharks were even going to make the eight. But he, I think, has been outstanding basically for the last five or six weeks. And they've really, really turned it around. It's been extremely impressive. Bar the last um, 20 against Newcastle where the Knights found another gear that the Cronulla couldn't match them at. Bar that 20 minutes, I think they've been really, really impressive for the last month and they and they deserve yeah. to be where they are. So isn't it funny that this game is almost like the exact same as that Knights game, except Cronulla's on the right side of it. You yeah. Know? It's it's almost exactly the same thing. There you go, man. Yeah. Them's, them's the breaks, baby. It's all right. Your women's team had a 12 0 lead. Surely nothing went wrong. <laughs> yeah, guys, apologies that we didn't get to any NRLW on the show last week. That was just because I've only really seen highlights of the NRLW season since it started, just because I've been away for so long. So I wasn't as informed as I could be, but I watched all watched all the games this weekend and tried to get as good a sense for it as I could. And um, yeah, the, the 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 Raiders the Raiders started really well against the Knights, but I actually think it was more about the Knights sorting themselves out than mm. it was about Canberra falling apart. I thought Sam Bremner made a really good point on commentary when she said that. She wanted to see Tamika Upton less in first receiver and more like pushing up as a support runner. And that's like that. And I think that's really what happened in the second half. You know, Upton got a lot more space, particularly off Southwell. And the Knights were able to stretch that Raiders defense a whole lot more. And the Raiders just didn't quite have the pace to go with them, you know? And I think it's pretty clear that the two class teams in this competition are the Knights and the Roosters. And I think the Raiders could be up there if they just had a little bit more time together, even if it was yeah. just one season that they had together because like they are still a new club and they are still working things out. But yeah, I was, I was, I was, I've been pleasantly surprised by how good Canberra has been this year. Um, even though I think they had a better squad than people gave them credit for, but I think this is the sort of loss that they'll take a lot away from, hmm. you know, and then just like a quick aside, the only NRLW game I was able to watch in the States was was bits of Canberra's match against Brisbane last week. I was in my hotel in Wichita and I was just sort of channel surfing and the condensed highlight showed up on like Fox Sports 6. Or oh. I was like, oh, wow, this will be nice. I don't even know what the score was. I haven't checked it yet. I wonder if Canberra's going to be able to do something with this. Mm. And then Melee Halfunga ensured that they were not going to be able to do something with this. Yeah, it's so, really exciting. And um, times, bro. I think it's going it's, to, it's, it's looking more and more like it's going to be Five, five, five into, or maybe the Dragons, so maybe six into four for those final spots because Brisbane did just enough to hold off a fast finishing Sharks team and, um, yeah, take care of business there and, yeah, jump up into fourth, leapfrogging your beloved Valkyries. Yeah, yeah, Gail Broughton was 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 great in this she's one. Great. Um, she's someone who has, I think, has really taken to five eight 
really, really well. I think the 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 sophistication of the skills that she sort of honed in her rugby sevens days have really come through well. I think she's got a really great understanding of space and how to exploit. And I think it's interesting to contrast that with someone like Emma Suanagato, who's moved to 5'8 this year and also comes from that rugby sevens background. But I don't think she's quite taken to her new position the way that, uh, that Gail Broughton has. I understand why the Sharks wanted to do it because they wanted to fit in Jada Taylor, who's a real rising star. And I think it's scored to try in this one. And I think is a real player of the future, but I don't know. Like I, I wonder if there's a way to get Tonegato at fullback and then just tailor somewhere in the 17 where she's still touching the ball. Cause while Tonegato scored a great long range try in this one, I don't really want her creating, you know what I mean? I want her pushing up in the middle of the field. I want her storming onto offloads. I want her doing what Tamika Upton was doing in the second half of the Knights Raiders game. You know, I feel like that's just the best way. That's, that's, that's the way to get the most out of her, you know, but um, yeah, that's, that's, that's just, just one man's opinion. Just one man adrift in a sea of takes. Yeah. I think Brisbane are probably going to be good enough to make the finals from here, which yeah. I, is it fair to say, I, they, I think that they probably are the third best team, right? No disrespect to the Titans. I think it is pretty close between, between them, but yeah, they, they, they seem to be figuring stuff out as they go. They seem to be being able to, find ways to hurt you in, in, in multiple ways, whether it, whether it's on each side of the field, whether it's through the middle, doesn't matter. They just seem very versatile in their attack at the moment. And I think versatility is really important, especially when a lot of these teams are so sort of reliant on one or two players. I don't think Brisbane are as much. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you guys have talked a lot about Ali Brigham, sure how good, strong a bounce back season that she's had. Would be maybe a little bit concerned that Halfunga went off early. I haven't yes. seen any news of what that injury might be, but um, she was someone that we talked about a lot in the, in she the was season. She barely involved before she went off though. So it makes me wonder whether she was carrying something. So. Yeah. Yeah. She might've been carrying something, but she sort of, to me, she kind of supercharges this entire. Yeah. Brisbane attack, I agree. You know, I guess so, that's why it's kind of heartening that even with her having a quiet game and then going off, they still scored 32 points. Yeah. It was just fun, breezy footy up at, um, up at Queensland country bank stadium. It was Nice to see. It does seem like the finals are probably getting a little bit beyond the Sharks at this point. Um, I just don't know if they're going to quite have the quality to, 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 to match it with some of those teams that are that are right in the race. Well, they have um, to win both games, and then both Canberra and Brisbane would have to lose both games. Yeah, see, the minute you start doing those sorts of calculations, things yeah. get uh, very, very difficult. So, Yeah, I mean, there's two rounds to go. It'll be easy to calculate if they beat the Dragons next week. But the Dragons themselves have given them a, a great shot of making the finals, I think. Uh, we, we've, we nearly got the first 50 burger in the history of the NRLW. Just a, a, a missed conversion away from Racine McGregor on that last try. We would have had it. Could have been a, could have witnessed history, Nick. Unfortunately, but uh, do you yeah. think the moment? Do you think the moment Scott Bailey gets to tweet that no team has ever won the NRLW Premiership while conceding 50 points in the season? Do you think the day he tweets that with the happiest day of his life? Maybe. I mean, uh, right well, we we did we did establish the Bailey line was 40 last week, but um, I think that that's more for. F- Fans and friends of the show, not not your not your wide your rank and file punters. Yeah, I think the fifty burger. They still need the fifty, even though it's a seventy minute game. But nearly got it here. Dragons look good. That really fixed up their four and against, which of course could be very very important. They're they're a win behind Brisbane and Canberra now. Um, their four and against now is better than Canberra's. Uh, still a little bit off Brisbane's, but really really helpful for them to get a massive massive win here. Just a disappointing season from the Cowboys. It's nice to see that some things transcend gender. <laughs> well, I was going to say that uh, Canberra being in finals contention with a terrible with negative points. Yeah, that's also great. It's, it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's some of these parallels are lovely. 
But yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure this was mentioned several times over the last few weeks, but I just want to mention it myself. The fact that the Dragons are even competitive this season, I think, is is such a credit to the the program that they've set up down there. Because I was expecting the Dragons to like win one or two games, like mm. max, just because of all the quality that they kind of had go out the door. But the 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 things that sort of Jamie Soward's been able to get out of some players on this roster and the improvement in so many of them, like. Tegan Berry, like, scored again in this one. Just looks absolutely dynamic at fullback. Looks like a totally different player to the to the woman we've seen in, in the last two NRLW seasons, you know? And, and you know, it, it'll take a bit of doing for them to to make the finals, but not at all beyond their beyond their capabilities, I think. You know, Racine McGregor was really strong in this one again. Um, it's always great to see her pulling the strings the way she does. And, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. The Cowboys have probably been a little bit, bit disappointing, but... The story for me, this one was just how dazzling the dragons yeah. were able to be in attack. You know, I guess that's something that is just going to sort of be part of their DNA, regardless of of who's pulling on the jersey week to week. Yeah, well, Barry's averaging two try involvements a game. Is that good? I think I don't think it's bad. Um, yeah. And like, even if you take away the four tries against the Titans, it's still other. Uh, she still has six tries in the six other six six tries across the six other games and and five tries assists too. So she's been really That's, really consistent. That, that seems good. That yeah, seems it, like it's, it's great. She's been seems she's been fantastic. And yeah, Jamie Stout is doing a tremendous job with that team. And uh, a gigantic game for them. This is like the first ever Sharks Dragons derby in the women's game. So That's good stuff. Be- Where's that one on? Uh, I don't know. I haven't checked whether they like, they're not, they're not matching any of the games up with like the men's finals. Are they? I haven't checked how they're doing all this stuff. Well, I, I tell you, it, no, it, no, it, it's, it's, it's Thursday night at shark park. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Standalone footy. That's good yeah. stuff. All right. We'll be able to continue the uh, talking about the Thursday night game in the opening of the Friday show. That is that's nice. Good stuff. That is, nice. that is good stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, dragons good on them. Good uh, stuff. My my beloved West Tigers are disappointing. Yeah, this this was a disappointing one. Um, this was a bit of a bit of a litmus test for them. Like if they if they won this one, then they're right in the in the race for the finals. But they sort of just they they just I I felt like they couldn't find anything close to their best footy. You know, I felt like they got out muscled a fair bit by the Titans as well. Like Shannon Maitai was was fantastic mm-hmm. running for two hundred eighty six meters, I think it was, and the Tigers just really didn't have an answer. For for that for that sort of physicality, you know, that sort of power running that the Titans were able to to keep putting out there, you know, which is a surprise because I thought the the the, the Tigers pack was going to be a real strength of theirs through through this season, but mm. I guess just they've had a couple of injuries and that lack of depth has sort of shown itself at the worst possible time. But uh, yeah, tough one, a tough one for the are they the team of the show? Does do we have a women's team of the show? Yeah, it's the Tigers, but um, oh okay. Well, it's good to know that some things, all some things, <laughs> like dis- like being a disappointing team of the show, mm. can also transcend gender. That's right. Well, the Titans, the Titans are kind of like to me what the Warriors are in the men's game a little bit, where they've they've got really good forwards, but you watch them week to week, and it's it's never overly convincing. But you look at the ladder, and they're just winning a bunch of games. So, uh, and Get on top of that, and on top of that, that they're they're two like big performances on the losing side were against the top two teams. And so much like the Warriors, it's like, geez, can they beat the good teams when it matters? But then the counterpoint is, well, they're going to make the finals regardless. So we're going to find out at some point. Uh, and yeah, yeah they're going to make the finals now, unless they lose both of their games. And considering they play the Eels in one of those games, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the injury to Jamie Chapman could be a, a, a real, a real tough one for them because she's a bit of a funny one, man. She can kind of, um, 
I always, I always, I'm always left wanting more because every now and then she'll have like a big carrier and intercept or something. And after, once she sort of winds up, once she gets moving, she looks unbelievable. She looks like the, a very rare type of athlete, but then it just kind of doesn't show up for, you know, for a, a half or a game or something like that. But she kind of does have a game breaking capability that I think apart from Ivania Polizzi that the Titans might not really have in their back line. Yep. So I think if they do want to kind of take that step and really match wits with, with Newcastle and the Roosters, they need someone like Chapman on the field, you know? So that yeah. could be a tough one for them to overcome. Yeah. And then the Roosters, wow, you're good. You're so great. You won easily. Grow up. <laughs> oh, no, they, they were awesome again. Poor Parramatta. They just cop- they copped the brunt of it this week. Uh, yeah, like- it's it's just it's tough times. The OK Royale for, for Parramatta. Yep, the Roosters look like an absolute wagon, but at the same time, again, like that's, I mean, your your beloved Raiders were able to get to them, so you know maybe you could cause another boil over in the finals if you get there. Who knows? Perhaps, perhaps you know. I, um, it's always great to see Jess Surge getting in and amongst it. She's someone who um, I think has probably had a little bit of a a, dis- a couple of disappointing campaigns back to back. She like played well. In the grand final, the Roosters won in NRLW in the first NRLW season last year. But I don't know. Sometimes she does leave me a little bit wanting more. So it was great to sort of see her really attack the game and 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 really play such a big part in in in, in what the Roosters were doing. You know, and she's someone who always has such a high ceiling. And even if she doesn't always match it, it's 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 good to see her go close at least. You know, and. I really like what they're doing with all their playmakers. Um, I feel like Baxter and Aiken and Kelleher and Davis are all combining really, really well together, um, which I guess is to be expected, one, because they're all such quality players, and two, because John Strange is is maybe the most accomplished coach in the women's game today, mm. you know? So, yeah, Roosters keep going on and on. Feels like we're destiny-bound for that Roosters-Knights grand final, an early 2000s treat for the punters. But uh, yeah. you know. well, they play each other this week, but it's kind of interesting because there's the stakes. I mean, the minor premiership's on the line, but they're kind of going to be the top two regardless. So it's interesting that it's it's sort of like it's the, it's the big fight. It's the big fight, but there's not a lot at stake. I'm I'm making the call now. Mm-hmm. Whichever of them wins this game loses the grand final. The grand final. Yeah, I think I, like it's, I think it's I like that's a classic. That's a that's a rugby league classic, and I think that's mm-hmm. exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm totally getting on board with that. Here's Taylor rolling the ball end on him. He's after it. He might have got it down. He thinks he did. Oh! Cold Train Cup. And with the end of the regular season comes the end of the Cold Train Cup, our annual tipping competition. Uh, it sounds a lot easier than it is. You've got to pick one team per week. If you are a new-ish listener and don't know the rules, you've got to pick one team per week. Uh, you get their win or their loss like you would on an NRL ladder at the end of the year. There can only be one winner, though. And joining us with a princely win record of 25 wins and two losses is Adam, a.k.a. Puddles. Hello. 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 Thanks for having me on. Mate, first of all, well done. You join such luminaries as Matt Duggab and Enz Browster as a Coltrane Cup conductor. That's a title that's 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 in Emeritus, so you've got it forever. So uh, what kind of train are you going to buy with your newfound title? Yeah, um... I hadn't thought that far ahead, but I thought I don't think you can go past the old Tangara. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A handsome choice. A handsome a, choice. A staple of the green line in our childhood, Nick, of course. But uh, yeah, Puddles, you are, of course, a big Knights man. So 
Um, what, so we, we, what was it? What was it? Did you have a big, did you have a strategy? Did you tip them any differently to the other teams? Did you sort of, obviously you tipped with your head clearly cause you won, but what, 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 what did you find worked for you this year for any potential Coltrane would be conductors next year who are listening? Yeah, well, I was going back through the list of who I tipped earlier. And I think what helped me out a lot was that Roosters tip round one against the Dolphins and not doing that. Yep. That wiped out about half the board straight yeah, away. Yeah. So, yeah, getting getting tips correct, especially early in the season, is always a great strategy if you mm. want to win the Coltrane Cup. Yeah. Like some people turn their nose up at such traditionalism, but I think the numbers really speak for themselves. You know, you get these fancy egghead nerds with their spreadsheets and such, but just tip winners. Just oh, yeah. tip Did- winners, baby. It's not that hard. Last no, year's no, winner. No. Last year's winner had a spreadsheet. Puddles. Did you have a spreadsheet also? No, no, I didn't have a spreadsheet. I just had a notes list in my phone of who who I had tipped yeah, because that's, my memory's that's, that poor that, that, that I didn't want to do. I didn't want to pick a uh, an incorrect or a, a, an invalid. That would be brutal. Week. That would yeah, be yeah. absolutely brutal. See, that is the absolute limits of the technology that I'm comfortable with to allow to to allow a Coltrane Cup winner to have. You know, it's good to see. An analog man in a digital world. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was ripping up pages of his Gregory Street directory and writing notes on that. That's how he was. That's how he was keeping track of everything. That's because he's from the streets, man. Mm. He's from the streets. So, uh, Puddles, the big question for you is: so you've got options, prize-wise, grand final tickets or club merchandise, like we get you a jersey and some other stuff. Have you given that any thought? You don't have to answer on the spot if you haven't made up your mind, but if you have, what are you what are you leading towards? Uh, no, no, I, I hadn't even thought of it, to be honest. Um, He's in it for the love of the game. You'll have to yeah, hear Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the love of the game and the uh, just the, the title of um, Coltrane Cup winner. That's the thing. Professionalism has sort of overrun the Coltrane Cup in recent years. It's great to see someone who plays, who plays this game for the right reasons, you know? Yeah. Mm. It's like when Western Districts won the Amco Cup. Oh yeah, there'll be books written about this one. <laughs> but I'll tell uh, you, it's um for the second year in a row that the Coltrane Cup has come down to the last round. Obviously, which I do we, love. We couldn't repeat last year's incredible circumstances where the deciding match was one on the, each the, side. Two contenders were on one side of the same, but were on either side of one match, and it went to Golden Point. But uh, still, a nice one for the punters at home. You know, nice for the for things to be kept in doubt all season. You know, th- th- this yeah. is the sort of stuff that keeps punters coming back to the CTC year after year. Yeah, well, I was I was at the Newcastle game last night, which I obviously needed them to win, and I was with a mate who's a St. George fan. When Newcastle went up 12-0 after 10 minutes, he put his hand out to shake my hand to go, congratulations, it's over. And <laughs> I didn't want a bar of it. Well, I don't know <laughs> if we've told the tough. whole story on the show, Puddles, but that Nick Campton tried to take a victory photo of Luke Charles, who ended up being our runner-up last year when that game was 22-6. To the, was it the Warriors that he had? Uh, yeah, he had the Warriors. Yeah, they were up 22-6, and Nick tried to take a victory photo of him, and he said, it's not over yet. And unfortunately for him, he was right, <laughs> and they blew that lead. But were I you became, at all worried I when be, were you at all? I became everything I ever hated. You really did. I'm surprised that you did that and not me. Um, were you at all worried when Ravalawa scored puddles, or did you knew you had it in the bag? Uh well, as a long-suffering Newcastle fan, it wasn't over until Dom Young's second try. Oh, not so even the first about... one, the second one. <laughs> no, no, no. Seventy-two seconds or something. Twenty-eight to, to twelve with four over. minutes left wasn't enough. No. <laughs> 
Oh, Adam, Adam, I presume you addressed the team before the game and again at halftime, just to remind them of the stakes of of what was of what was on the line in this match against the Dragons. Um, what did you say to them, and which player sort of responded to the rev up the best? Yeah, well, the one that probably didn't was uh, Lockie Miller because he wanted a ten minute break in the second selfish. half. But uh, selfish, yeah, very selfish, very selfish. But um, no, I just tried to liken it to they get a home semi-final this week and for me this was just as important <laughs> yep i agree if, if not more some would say yeah. yeah i mean like uh plenty of teams have hosted home semi-finals in the national rugby league dozens hundreds in fact but only three people now have won the coltrane cup so 97 01 23 yeah chalk it down <clears throat> yeah all right. Well, Puddles, congratulations. You take as long as you like to think about what uh, prize you would like to claim. You just let us know whenever you are ready. And once again, well done, mate. Enjoy it. No, awesome. Thank you very much for it. Congrats to my man. And if you want to be part of the Coltrane Cup next year, all you got to do is sign up as a patron. Yep. Patron. It's as low as two bucks a week, I think. Well, it slash two, NRL two bucks a month, even. I don't know. I don't know. You guys are the ones that pay for it. Although maybe, maybe maybe we'll good a few days because. Apparently, there's been massive PayPal issues this week, like across the board, not not Boom Rookie specific, but it's been wreaking havoc on multiple Patreon pages for many places. So, all right, well, if that happens, just put a two dollar coin in an envelope and send it to Boom Rookies HQ, and I'm or sure we'll get it or put two dollars in one of those spinning well charity boxes at Woolies, where it spins around and around and around, and film it and <laughs> send it to us. That also counts. All right, Puddles, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, mate. And uh, oh, uh, who's winning the cop? Oh, who is winning the comp? Just say Newcastle. Say Newcastle. No. Do it. Oh, I'll say Newcastle. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, Puddles, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you again. Simi Renrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's Simi Redradra. Redradra's away. Simi Redradra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will. Yes. Simi Renrandra. Okay, uh, just a little bit of news. Um, Jake Avarillo's had scans, so immediate fear has been expressed by club medical personnel of a possible ACL injury. So keep an eye on that one. That that sucks, doesn't it? That's a shit go, man. In your last game for your, for your hometown club. Yeah. That's a fucking tough beat. Really brutal. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah, what else can you say? I mean, hopefully the scans come back and it's just sort of a sprain or something, but but hey. I've got some news for you. Yep. It's the finals, baby. We're here. We made it. We did it. Well, you made 27 it. 27 rounds in the bank. I didn't. But uh, yeah, we're still here, I guess. So the times are locked in. We've got Friday night, no shocks there. The Broncos and the Storm at Suncorp. Saturday, doubleheader, starting with Penrith Waz, 4 o'clock, and then Shark Park, 7.50 between... Cronulla and the Roosters, and then a 4 p.m. Sunday Arvo between the Knights and the Raiders. I think uh, those kind of all make sense. I think that that's if I if you'd give me those time slots and ask me to guess which game was going to go where, I think I probably would have guessed exactly what they've gone with. Can you? Uh, this is early days, early days. But before the sort of storylines of the week unfold, mm-hmm. rank the four games from the one you're most excited about to the one you're least excited about. Uh, most excited about uh, Broncos Storm. Yeah. Uh, yep. With all those players back on both teams. I know that, that Storm Hoodoo is massive for Brisbane, but I feel like when they're at full strength, they can finally get over it. Uh, 
Sharks Roosters is next. Again, like, you know, elimination final was all on the line. Cronulla, they've he- heard these criticisms for a couple of years. Now, they haven't won a final. When was the last time they won a finals game, by the way? Uh, they have not won a finals game since 2017 or 2018. Jeez, Jeez there you go. 2018, so, a lot on the line for them. And, of course, will we see if this Roosters fairy tale can keep going? Knights Raiders is next. Again, another sudden death game. First Knights home final in a very, very long time. And it will be absolutely hilarious when you're bumbling morons stumble into a three-point win somehow which viva Larazza, baby and then i i think penrith are going to whoop the warriors so i am going to rank all the games at one equally because ah. finals 40 is my favorite thing in the entire world baby mm. plug it directly into my veins Finals. No, i I'm, I'm 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 pretty i'm pretty pumped for that panthers warriors one because feel like the warriors have all have like a bit like the cowboys they have enough ingredients to sort of match what Penrith has to where, where if, if this sort of football is in them, it, it ha- must be forged in the fiery crucible of blue bet stadium, or whatever the fuck they call it these days, you know, like I, I've, I like that we're, we're about to get a very real sense of exactly how good the Warriors are. And I know you think they're going to get whooped. I think they're going to rise to the occasion a little bit, okay, you know, well. not necessarily win, but I think, I, th- I think, I think, I think they could surprise a few people with, uh, with the performance they put in. That's the great thing about finals footy, brother. It's a work shoot. Anything That's can right. happen. So all the cards are on the table. Um, yeah, so can't yeah, it's, wait. A, it's, we'll, a, it's a brand new season. We'll talk a lot more about those games on Friday's preview show, of course. But yeah, it's the best time of year. That that first Saturday when you get two finals games is, is one of the best sports days of the entire year, I think. Hell yeah, brother. It's pretty great. Um, so before we get out of here, thank you to the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. Uh, apologies if your name isn't read out this week, but the things with the technical issues happened. So we had a bunch of people having to manually uh, resubscribe. People have been here with us since like day one and stuff. So um, I can't keep track of who's here and who's not. So again, if you, it's a little bit shorter this week, but apologies. I'm sure you'll be back next week when it all gets sorted out. And a thank you to Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayno the Old Coot, Two Black Eyes Can't Be Told, Adric, Alex Sergicomi, Bruce the Pom, Butsy, Chewbacca Stuff Like This, Dan Cullinane, David, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, I am Matt, and I will defame someone through this Patreon perk for you. Sign up now. Jace Felix Farnworth, Jason, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, Kicks House Out of the Comp, Lachlan Hancock, Lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles Midmore, Mads, Taylor's version, Michael, Addicted to the Shindig, Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, Move Those Chains, Move Those Chains, Move Those Chains, Move! My ding ding dong is hard and I'm sad. Never trendy. Pat McManus, Pete Fulcher, Reese Brown, Roxanne Clark, Score Swans, Stuart Sacked. See you in Vegas. Ty, the Black Vegetable, the Zygot Broncos, Thor, Tom Hardy, Watch Me Win It, Watch Me Namo, Was, and Westlife Podcast, and the Piasco Fiasco. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and everyone who's listens. Thank you as well. Some good stuff, man. Some good names out there. Happy, happy, happy days are here again and with all my Patreon pals. Yep. Oh, Final Footy means NFL's back too. It's the best time of year, isn't it? Footy. Yeah, good. All right. Patrons will be back on Wednesday with question time. The rest of you will see you on Friday. Say goodbye, Campo. Goodbye, Bertrand. That's goodbye from me.